Hey, welcome to Arts Forward MKE. I'm Lindsay Sheridan, your host and director of marketing and PR at Imagine MKE. Thanks for spending some time with this show today. In this episode, I speak with Deborah Lowen, artistic director of Wild Space Dance Company, which has been making site-specific work in Milwaukee for three decades. You'll hear Deb talk about this at the end of the episode as well, but I wanted to lift up that they have an outdoor performance coming up next week, another of their parking lot dances. You watch from the safety of your car under the exit ramp to the Hone Bridge, and the shows are November 19th and 20th. So head to wildspacedance.org to buy tickets for those performances. Okay, before we dive in, one more fun thing. During the episode, Deborah talks about her choreographic scores. And while she showed me them on Zoom, you're obviously listening on audio, but I didn't want you to feel left out. So in the show description of this episode, you can find a link to a picture that is an example of one of those scores. Thanks for listening, and please enjoy. Hi, Deb. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm glad to be here. Thanks, Lindsay. Um, so to start, would love to jump into the question that I start all my podcasts with. So do you remember a time early in life that you experienced art in a way that impacted you deeply, that stuck with you? Um, like way back. Uh, I think that there, there was a time where I was, I was with a friend at her house and they were playing classical music mm. and we did not play classical music. In fact, I don't even think that we had, we had a record player, um, but they were playing classical music. And I remember starting to dance with her and we started to dance all over the room and we were totally lost, both of us in this, just in the groove of, in the groove of classical music, but moving and, um, not attending to anything else but our mm. response to the to the music and and, and I think that's I mean in, in part of it is also saying that I look at um, my experience in art as as active is mm. in the process of of making so um, it's not something I like to participate so mm. that to me is a, an example of participation and even though I don't work that way with music anymore it was it was the improvisation mm. <laughs> also was <clears throat> that. I was lost in it, and um, uh, by the t- as we were moving, I didn't notice that the entire family had come into the room, and we had an audience, and <laughs> they were very quiet, and they just they watched this, and um, I, it was pro- it was it was fascinating to me. I had never done that before. <laughs> so that's that's an experience that I um, that I come back to. Um, mm. So we did not have art in our in our house. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and and experience visual art um, didn't come until much later. Uh, I love to draw. I loved loved that in school. And I left, I almost, I thought about going into a drawing uh, major or art major um, because I I actually choreograph in a very, in a way that's very visual. Mm -hmm. That's kind of uh, something that I, I don't know, that interests me. So um, so that, and then uh, in terms of, you know, any of the arts, theater, uh, just what school, whatever was happening in school. I was living in a, we, oh, I grew sure. up in a small town called Wisconsin Rapids and okay. yeah. there weren't museums. There was not, um, 
Yeah, that was not something that we did, although we went to performances at the university. So I did hear people who would come in and as as guest mm. performers. Um, and then I think the next the next big one was uh, when I was in, um, which is a long step, but uh, Alvin Ailey was one of the first major mm. companies that I saw in in uh, in the small town. And wow. what was really lovely is I was um, watching them and I got to be, uh, I was on the stage crew because of my freshman year in college. I was on the stage crew and afterwards uh, they were asking around for um, where was a close place to get a hamburger. And I said, well, I have a car, do you want to go with me? And so they jumped in my car, you know, Judith Jameson, like up to here in my <laughs> car. And I took this uh, four dancers um, <laughs> over to the local no, I think there were, yeah, there were four dances over to the local burger place. And I just sat in a booth with them, just like watching them eat more, more than I thought was possible. <laughs> so, so that was, uh, and it's that, that's part, you know, that proximity to experience um, and knowing that I had that kind of contact afterwards meant mm. connected me with the people. It made me really understand that dancing is not exactly, performance is not just what you see on the stage it's also about every about the personalities that make that happen and yeah. who are those who are those people and that they're not just dancers they're not moving patterns they are real they're people and that that was also a pro profound um moment for me to, to have and that dance of course revelations was the most gorgeous dance that i could think about so oh. When you saw the Alvin Ailey company, were you already deeply into dance yourself? Uh, did you, were you starstruck when you saw them or was it something of a, a wonderful oh, surprise? No, I really liked dance. I was, yeah. I was serious about dance. I wanted to, um, knew I wanted to major in dance, uh, but yeah. And I had already been away to uh, a summer, a summer arts program or a dance program, um, so yeah, and where I, where it was every day for six weeks, and I, wow. yeah, and I knew yeah. that. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious if I can if I can ask um, about the role that music has played in your dance. I think you mentioned briefly that you don't really use as much music anymore in your in the creation of your pieces, um, but that that initial inspiration of hearing classical music and just just kind of instinctively moving to it makes me curious um, how how music has has played a role in in your work since. Well, I studied I studied music. I played piano. I played when I was in college. I played piano for dance classes, and so I would sit in my leotard and then stand up and play the piano <laughs> and stand up and go take my take the ballet class. Um, I'm not saying I was great at that, but it was it was income, and I was mm -hmm. glad that I had that had that skill. Uh, and I'm not avoiding your question, but I'm just um, giving myself a little time to think about what was that transition from yeah, yeah. Um, uh, working with, with music to not, or just, or sounds actually just, and I don't know yeah. what it was that, um, it was probably a workshop with someone that I, that I took um, in this, you know, either in Milwaukee or, or Madison. And what I do remember was um, making something when I was in high school that where I strapped a, a garbage can cover onto one foot and I had metal things that I hung off my head, kind of a waistband thing with spoons and things. And then I, I had a slinky <laughs> that came off from my head <laughs> and um, I 
the move material was, I was moving to create that sound. Mm. And so that was, I have no idea where that, again, I was probably from some workshop where someone, where I just heard sound with dance or someone moving in with, with some sound making device. And, and I, that was fascinating to me um, just to move and make something. So, um, and then uh, when, I think the biggest thing is that when I was in, in the, at the University of Illinois, um, in my last year there, or my own, yeah, my only year there, um, I started to work with a composer and an engineer, and they uh, had cre they had this idea, this vision of creating this uh, movement leotard where you would have little tie little. Uh, they're in the light. They're these little tiny glass tubes with mercury in them. And there's a word for them, but it's it, and they're in your light switch. So when you turn your light switch off, the mercury runs down and makes a connection. So the composer and the engineer, uh, we were build. They built a computer, and I helped with that. I learned. I learned how to solder. I learned how to put transistors into these little holes. Um, <laughs> we. Uh, I didn't participate in this, but we. They were. They made their own uh, circuit boards, mm. and built. So it was a hand built computer and um i was they i created this costume where i sewed these tiny switches onto all of the on the moving joints and the rotation so flexion sure. and rotation and then um and they were all calibrated so there were eight <laughs> you're looking at me like whoa there i were, wish i could see this um, i need i need a picture there were eight on, uh, so there were eight on each hand so eight, eight, all of them we had blocks of eight so i had a block of eight on each hand yeah on my, back, on my front and on my legs and so when i the interesting thing to me was not to try to make make a tune that was just not interesting but how the computer could be programmed to respond to me in different ways so it was actually a, a feedback sound feedback for me and mm. uh, the quickness of that moving was pretty phenomenal um it was hard because <laughs> the expectation was wearing this thing it's thing and it's music the expectation yeah. is play yankee doodle mm. prove, prove it so <laughs> computer so that was kind of you know i was like i that's not interesting. Why would you want to listen to that? Right, right. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to work on that. Um, I did do the get the first line, but it was not not fun. Um, so the program could respond in so, so different all different kinds of sounds. Uh, one program was designed to have different rhythms and different percussion sounds, so mm -hmm. I could interrupt them, and that was really fascinating. Um, there was always a, a you know they were. Uh, they were organized into most significant and least significant bits of information. So mm -hmm. I also could control those, control some of that um, really easily, especially with my hands. And but my, I think my favorite was uh, was to get into a pose of stillness, and the mm -hmm. computer was reading me constantly. And so getting into this stillness and holding it, and then just breathing, and just knowing that this this one. Transistor switch here was going to move, yeah. and just standing there, I just arched my back, and you know, <laughs> sounds would happen. Um, yeah. And then how do those? How how do I? If I pull back, does it go to silence? Or if I pull back and shift, it it just goes something else. Mm -hmm. So um, the computer was programmed to do what they call an envelope generator. So it would open um, choices, a menu of of sounds, and yeah. then I play with play with those. But um, 
it was it was um, it was very exciting and very uh, expensive. Um, <laughs> you know, at the University of Illinois, that was one of the first places where they had an entire building was the computer, a huge computer. Mm. And uh, you know, I remember back in the seventies, uh, early seventies, um, going into this massive room and typing a message on this machine. I had never seen that. I mean, you could communicate instantly by typing words on this keyboard and that person would read it and respond to you. Um, and so that was, that was in 72, 73. And mm. that, that process was, or especially in making it, making the, the leotard and performing was about sound. Mm. And also, it it was instrumental because it taught it created how I was moving. It was a foundation for the way I move. Uh, you know, shoulders very uh, specific um, movements, uh, contralateral. So I'm I think that I'm still listening to myself because yeah. that was um, you know I did that for a long, for a long time. Uh, yeah. Not not much at um, dance concerts, but at music festivals. Um, so yeah. Mm. What I love about that image is even without a huge like music noise making device on you, you know, in a really compelling performance in that moment of like stillness and silence, just the movement of like arching your back a little bit is huge, feels huge. Like, That's, so well, it's really, well, it's yeah. huge too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a leotard, so it was fully formed. I mean, you, there was nothing. Uh, I did have a little tiny, for a while, I had a little tiny power pack, a little belt that had a little tiny transistor, uh, and I was connected to a, to a line to the computer, because um, we, there wasn't, a, we didn't have the capability for um, transmission any other way, and mm. uh, we couldn't count on it, and when we were doing performances, we were, you know, that was an option in the studio, but was not easily done elsewhere so mm. I was attached to this machine <laughs> and um, you know things that I couldn't do I still there like it, if you I jumped everything moved I mean I still like to jump but if I jumped everything moved and uh, when I landed I would never know exactly where that that departure from you know where gravity right. was complicated and I did not do any floor work Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were glass so they were and we they were custom made so they were pretty small it was really really small so <laughs> might have crushed something along the way <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> so so you shared about that you grew up in Wisconsin Rapids you spent some time in Illinois tell us more about what brought you to Milwaukee um well between that I mean I I uh Danced in a small company uh, after I graduated in Illinois, a collective company, and then I got a job at the University of Delaware. Mm. And so I was, it was, and I was pretty young. <laughs> I was like 21. Um, wow. And uh, I, so I moved out to the East Coast, and I, that was really exciting. I was there for four years, and uh, I had a, I started a dance company there, mm. student company, and it was called the New da New Space Company, and part of that was just. They had, I was a part of the theater program and the theater was busy all the time. So um, maybe I would have a be on stage was offered. That was offered to me one, once a year. And I, mm. that was not interesting. So I just started to do things in spaces all over, all over mostly over campus and uh, in the studio where I was working on the uh, second floor, the studios and in the basement of that building, it was called the women's gym was a swimming pool mm. and it, been, it was emptied. And they had a plan to build 
put put a floor on it and make it make a difference another studio mm. and I just wait, wait, wait. and I went and looked at it and I decided to do uh, a piece in the swimming pool with all the water gone so that was that was just cool. really ex- exciting and yeah though so that those kinds of ideas were started and that that didn't need any sound at all we we actually threw anything in the pool uh rolled so we could throw metal pieces that were different sized across the cement and they would roll and they would also be pitched differently and so that that yeah. just accompanying ourselves with um uh with what was at hand i guess um mm. so and what the what the pool would give us so that was just mm-hmm. the, that was there and then after that I went to um South America and then I moved wow. for over a year I was in uh, uh Colombia and Peru and then I uh, went to New York came back to New York and then I came to Milwaukee so, so a little, little circ- a few circular. awesome awesome uh other stops yeah awesome other stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. very the, cool the, exactly at the time of your life when you're supposed to be doing all of that yeah Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, is it shortly after you got to Milwaukee, you founded Wild Space or? Uh, no, I came back, I came to Milwaukee because they were starting a graduate program in dance. Mm. And so I had, uh, what, I, what happened in New York was I realized I made less work in the, in the year and a half I was there mm. than I ever had in my life. And it was, you know, it was mostly at the restaurant waiting, you know, I just, mm-hmm. uh, and I had a good life there and really nice loft on the, you know, down on South street and uh, could walk to my restaurant job and didn't have to be in the mix of it. Um, it, it was really lovely, but it was expensive and mm-hmm. renting, renting rehearsal space and yeah. time to work with people. And, and I, I got, you know, I auditioned and I got, selected for different kinds of performance things mm-hmm. um and then I created and produced my own my own with a friend of mine um but it was it's like it was so it is a comp it, it still is just to find the right yeah to find your audience and all and I just thought I I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to be here this is not I'm really interested in the work and not uh I just didn't so there was yeah I just decided I don't want to stay here and try to raise yeah, money here right and also that my ideas were um what I wanted to do uh you know New York is everything going on at once and there's room for yeah. all kinds of there's room for all dance that anybody ever does but um I just thought I have to figure this out so when this graduate program opened up I applied for it and then um and I and I was so I was one of the first year students mm-hmm. and because it was first year, it wasn't wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of things that were really in place or structured, and so I I and did a lot of did what I wanted to do basically. Um, and then at the end of that, when I graduated, I also uh, got pregnant, had a daughter, and um, then started the company. Yeah, started mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, share, can you share a little bit more about? Um, Maybe what made Wild Space's style unique at the time you were founding it, and what makes it still still unique now? So you you do site specific work, um, and I think you might be the only ones in town that do that do just that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I did things in theaters. I did uh, pieces in theaters, and and I really love some of those dances. They're beautiful. Um, but 
I felt after after a while, um, it became. I was always it was always a television set frame, mm-hmm. and a rectangle, and it was expensive. You know, at that time I was renting the steam key and the and you know years ago that was five thousand six thousand dollars just to rent it and then there's yeah. new cost. It just just was too expensive, and I again I thought I gotta make. I want to make work and so um so that's what I, that's kind of started it and Milwaukee's just been a muse for me it's it's yeah. been um just really exciting to explore on that level I mean I I'm very high adventure I'm like I don't I like to be lost I like um you know I, I like being lost to the point of you have to call the helicopters in to find me um that kind of like on the edge <laughs> of things and I that's what that's what making work in new places kind of feels like to me there's always it's unknown I have no idea what yeah and this you know what's going to happen and and I it's impossible to pre-plan and it's also impossible to um redo reset so yeah, yeah so I think that um, in terms of the process, part of it is just my going to the space and sitting mm. and, and um, waiting for the space to, seeing what I have to do to interact in the space to have it start to speak to me. And we have this conversation and I know that sounds really magical and gooey and it's, but it's not. I love um, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I have to, I walk around a lot and I am very committed to uh, perception on the half, on on behalf of the audience, what are they going to see? How are they going to see it? What's going to be, how many people can squeeze in this? I have so many sites that I just had to walk away from because they were apertures and eight people. And some places I could do things that were multiple locations and audiences could actually do that. But um, it's hard. I mean, site-specific is not for the faint at heart. It's, um, well, you know, especially outdoors, whether, um, and it's not a, you can't pack the theater so it's it's not it's not very income it's not a strong <laughs> income maker um and so there's always that struggle but it's um right it's i think choreography has always been and moving has always is the form that i that i am in that teaches me about the world that's mm-hmm. just that's what it does so um I'm still on that path of <laughs> being taught, I guess, you know, making my own lesson plans. Um, <laughs> what have been a few of your favorite locations you've created work in over the years? Well, the um, the Three Bridges Park. Mm, cool. Was yeah. the first one. Lakeshore. And I, I like to be in, I, you know, I like to be in on the beginning before things get changed and developed. So I was in that, uh, in that park before, um, before it was even seeded for um, grass, et cetera, or during that, mm. pro- during that time. And so that was really, really exciting for me. And um, then uh, Villa Terrace, I really liked mm. that one, just the opposite. So you had this wildness out there and, yeah. and uh, three bridges and the audience walked around. And one night the train came through and people thought, oh, how did she do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and I had people in uh, you know it's people in the river dancing in the river um cool. so there was this wild the wildness and then villa terrace was this formal garden mm-hmm. this beautiful 
location. And what made it really exciting was that Roy Staub had a, a piece that was set in that space. And so we performed with, and that was another very symmetrical circular piece. Mm. And we performed in that. And the audience watched from the top and then they moved down below and then they went to all these different locations down below. And yeah. then they turned around and there was a piece in that um, in that artwork from down below. So yeah. it was, it was funny, yeah. <laughs> we, we had to use oh. a, a group of bushes for um, uh, our dressing room because they changed <laughs> classrooms. And, uh, so for the last thing, so we had a rotation, the audience rotated all the way around. They started to get to their seats to, and us, one group went to the, all the dances went to this last location. And there were quite a few people in the audience that thought they were going to go do something else. <laughs> so we, there was a dressing room. So we, we had to have usher. We haven't had, had to have an usher there. <laughs> and and so, usher in the woods be like, please yeah. do not approach yeah. the set of bushes. <laughs> yeah. So, so performing outside is not new to your company before before the parking lot dances were developed. Oh, no, 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 yeah. oh, no not at all. Yeah. Um, and I know now to have a rain date. Um, <laughs> we, we did a parking, we did another parking lot dance in interstate parking um, location uh, that's down near the, in the Pabst complex. Mm -hmm. So that was really exciting. We were inside and then we went upstairs and we're outside so the audience could watch from up above up above way yeah. down below on the ground floor. Yeah. so it um this is where my visual like this, this is where all of that comes in i just i i uh i just i walk around everything i make and watch um yeah uh, i'm trying to think of uh who's another one that we um lakeshore state park before mm, cool. before it was before it had lights and before it had signs don't cross the grass um, so yeah, those, I always feel badly about those changes, um, mm. because they, they're regimented and, and I understand plantings, but I also remember, I remember the freedom that I had in, in that, in that, um, a lot, uh, or that, that, um, performance area. And so and the other one was three, uh, th the chimney park. Oh, yeah. Just, and you know it's part of that area and um in the valley and we worked with the chimneys and the audience came around and uh watched the things were going on all over the place so they just followed, followed this path um mm. and again i put somebody in water at, at the table um so they were drinking had a wine you know we're drinking wine and the cello cellos was playing off on the side uh, and <laughs> What was interesting to, about that is that we worked in the chimneys. I had at the very end of the piece, we, well, we worked around the chimney a lot with these big poles and, and mm. that was, you know, leading into it and jumping around it and this big, you know, formal approach to, um, to these structures. And uh, I sent a promo piece into the city and they said, we, we, we had somebody up on that little ledge with for a promo shot and they said, whoa, 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 whoa. no. Are you doing that? What? What? We can't. What are you doing? We don't want anyone to think that they can climb up there, even though mm. uh, in that one there was like a four foot drop, if if even that. The other one, it was a bigger drop. We didn't go in that. Um, but I had to, <laughs> to redo marketing for a little bit. Um, uh, and then we also had people belaying up on the side of the chimney. So I had dancers in tutus. Cool. Yeah. They, were, they were choreographed to swing um, back and forth, you know, in unison and. Um, <laughs> that was that was really fun. Uh, 
and it's but it's always there's always some challenge that kind of comes up with that that place right after we maybe a month after we finished it the chimneys were um taken down mm-hmm. so that's you know that's that's sad yeah oh hearing these described i want to go back in time and see all these pieces <laughs> uh, we, we did a book we have a book um that we made yeah. years ago of uh, a photo essay a photo book with essays about these different pieces um i think one of the first site things i did in milwaukee was a piece in an with gordon park swimming pool mm. which doesn't exist anymore on the corner of holton and locust okay um, yeah. it's a park still but um and i did it with present music and they performed on bicycles uh, this big bicycle that held all the all the uh, musicians and we <laughs> we cooked i had somebody on roller sp- skates who was making hot dogs for people and tossing them to people in the audience it was <laughs> kind of a it was like a circus atmosphere um and what I what I loved about it was um in that swimming pool it was so big that uh, if I situated the audience in a certain way the dancers could go to the deep end just to the tip of it and they could slide down and they disappeared um, I love when, when people can disappear I love when yeah. <laughs> disappear um it's just it's magical it's it's um it's totally magical so um yeah oh. Outdoors, outdoors. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing all these whimsical descriptions, I realized that some of the whimsy in the piece I saw last month was just scratching the surface of all the amazing things you've done with, uh, you know, describing the circus environment. But I, I was able to go to your piece last, last month, right? Just uh-huh. in October. Yeah. And, uh, it was so cool. Um, it was really the setting of seeing the city, you know, behind and around you and, um, the no- city noises of, of traffic and sirens and whatnot and the geese and feeding them and intentionally like bringing them to the dance. It was so cool. And the, and the trombonist, you know, floating by on a kayak, just like, tell me about the process of building this piece and, and uh, you know, using what that space all had to offer. Uh, well, it was, it was a space that I didn't, I mean, I didn't, I, was, I look at, you know, interstate has um, generously allowed us to um, work in their parking lots. And that was a lot that I saw on the map and I just, I had never seen it. And then when I went to look at it, it was, it's pretty derelict lot. Um, when we first arrived, it was, there were pizza boxes. It was, it had not been clean for a while. Um, and I was very happy as we started to work to see that um, the company was coming in and, and making it look good um but it would there be many rehearsals many not, uh, three rehearsals where we came in and somebody on the top wall had thrown over bottles of whiskey or what you know just yeah. glass everywhere so we were lucky it was a long lot so we, we rehearsed at different locations um but that uh my first impulse was to do something across the river and so I went down there with uh, a couple of dancers and they were like this that was not going to work um yeah and uh, so yeah, so we brought everybody close, and then uh, the saxophonist is a friend of mine from Chicago. We've played for quite a few of my um, site shows, and he's just fabulous. He just he has a really good read. He remembers where people are, he, and he would come. He was constantly changing things slightly, um, but that musical aspect, you know, I I wanted to do, use harmonicas, so I, those little sounds, and I wanted you know the harmonica playing from the kayak to us, and where is this coming from is it just but what sounds can i have happen in this space that you that make you make everybody in the audience realize 
it's I'm not going to be listening to music. I'm going to well music with with, with the musicians, but I'm not going to be listening to some kind of pre-planned uh, recorded music. Um, and and that that was important. It was important to have silences too, mm-hmm. and the scraping of the buckets. Um, yeah, in the space, it was. Uh, yeah, that was pretty magical. Um, getting to that and because <laughs> first starts in there were this is gritty this is like can we stay here I wasn't even sure that it would be safe yeah. to stay there so um yeah. but but interstate came in and cleaned it so it was really great yeah you know what's interesting about you describing thinking about using some dancers across the river the night that I saw it there was a woman sitting on those stairs directly across the river and I because I was I think in the headspace of just like noticing in a different way because of the you know the invitation of paying attention to the dance and the sound and whatnot I for a while I was like is she a part of this like I had kind of I had kind of convinced myself like she's just sitting there she's waiting for her moment like she's gonna she's gonna move but you know she she is a part of it. We we had when we were yeah. rehearsing, there was a woman who came through in a pretty rundown car, uh, and she would drive in and she would just park wherever she wanted to. And so she was totally oblivious to the fact that we were doing anything. <laughs> and she got out of. I went over to talk to her, and she was a little nervous. And she said, "Well, I'm here to see the ducks." And then she oh. got out of her car, and she had just huge bag of food. And as soon as she got out of her car, the ducks came to her. So she, they knew her and she showed up many times. And I think if I hadn't seen that, um, I don't think I would have uh, used that. I don't, I don't know if that idea would have come to me in time for me to figure out what to do with it. Um, so that was, and, but, and then the geese came through. It was just, it was very exciting. Um, yeah, it, the, I think that that's the, the wandering of boats coming back and forth. Some of them, some nights they had, um, the sound support was, uh, salsa or rap or uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, music or pop music and that was constantly coming through and it was um this is where we live this is yeah this is where we live and um yeah what I like about the site things it just it it you know you are what you notice mm. so noticing giving people the time to sit and notice yeah. and I think part of that also is what they notice is the wonder of Milwaukee. It's just, it's really a beautiful, a beautiful city. Even the grit and underbelly of it is really, is really beautiful. So, yeah. Um, what do you think makes Milwaukee's dance scene as a whole, as a whole special and unique kind of zooming out from, from your company? Um, it's very di- diverse in terms of uh, um, cultural ideas. I'm site, I do site, site specific dance works as a very, um, as a, their company is, they do a lot of community focus. They have a stance, a school. So there's a, a, a younger company. And um, so they, that, and they've, they've changed direction a little bit um, to be more because of that. I mean, which is interesting. They just did a parking lot show that I went to uh, in their lot with, yeah. um, Milwaukee Opera Theater, which was I went really, to that too. It was really fun. It was just yeah. it was very different. But you know, I was just so thrilled. I, I got the experience of being an audience person. And yeah. I'm never an audience person. I'm always like watching. I'm always very critical when I watch my my own work, but I haven't <laughs> been in an audience for a really long time. Yeah. And that was that mm-hmm. was just I don't know. It was 
it was just inspiring to think about how dance can be is probably the art form that can that can do this at this point. Anything that's sound, anything that's you know keep people in their in their cars or distant. Um, it's a different kind of experience, and it's a small. You can't have that. You have to really spread people out, so you can't have a huge audience. Um, right. right. But that. Um, yeah, I, and then there's there's that, and then there's uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, different uh, Panda Dancer. There's a um, uh, like Carlise Kelly perform has this company called Panda Dancer, and they mm. specialize in Caribbean dance, mm -hmm. and they have performances. Um, they also they're also also are doing a lot of things in community centers, and there's Kothi, and um, from Kothi there are some um, uh, other performers in town who have small companies and they're just on the cusp. I think there's one called Revive and um, gatherings, just yeah, gatherings. And they, 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 I remember just watching them in the summertime on Facebook where they would be at the lake dancing and I would be in my rehearsal in my, oh, cool. um, yeah. in my parking lots. Um, but, and they're, I, what I don't feel it's, and that's part of it right now it's COVID, but there's mm -hmm. not a, I would love for there to be a forum for us to come together physically and mm. move together. Or you know, this, this is about what, what, what are my hopes and dreams, but a, a festival, a dance festival. Yeah. A dance festival would be really, that used to be in, in the city. Somebody used to fund that. And oh, yeah. I used to be part of, part of that. Um, and it was usually at Alberno or the Pabst. And we had ballet, Kothi, we had all, you know, all kinds of people who had small companies come to it. Um, there's also a, an organization called uh, um, Milwaukee um, Dance Theater Network. Yeah. And they are a collective of independent artists um, who make their own work. Uh, some of them, and their performance opportunities are really, really hard because they don't have a producing. I mean, I can produce, right? I have the capability of doing that, but that's yeah. really hard for um for some of these artists, and right now their their work is not site not site oriented, so they're just doing zooming things on their um, on their computers is is yeah. possible. Yeah, um, and that's sad. That's, yeah, that's sad. Um, seeing so. Um, yeah, it's it was a welcome relief to come to your performance, to come to DanceWorks performance, both very close to where I live. So the you know, the, the novelty of just getting in my car and a few minutes later being at a performance, especially right now was really, really special. And, and, um, you know, is also, it was also kind of a sad reminder of all that we're missing right now and all that we're not able to see. Yeah. Well, even in, within the piece, not yeah. being touch, not being able to partner. Um, yeah, I have a, um, there's a part in this, in this parking lot, uh, this next one where I just ask people to teach someone to hug and mm. that's that's what I'm that's what they do movement wise and yeah so just and just watching watching that and sort of watching people do that for the audience is going to be um, there's something very moving about that and uh, um, underlining what we've lost is, you know, we have these big columns in this lot and being next to them and leaning on them is like, oh my gosh, I ordinarily would do this with a person. Um, sure. yeah. So that's, yeah. And and right now we have just, everybody has to be really, really careful. So, yeah. yeah. 
So share with us a little bit more for people that might not be familiar with more of the improvisatory style of your company. They might've just seen more choreographed works or like more rigidly choreographed works. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell, tell us a little bit more about that process of building the piece of like giving a prompt and Mm -hmm. having your dancers riff off of that. Right. Well, uh, the prompt is, is one approach where I will in Mm. suggestion and I'll say, yeah, just like, just like that when teach someone to hug or uh, another one, it was um, create a solo for a person who's not there. Mm. And it was interesting because I got three angry solo <laughs> solos and I, I do not want to, it's not, I'm not privy to who that is. It does not make any difference to me. What I'm interested in is that there's going to be an emotional connection to that. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be an understanding of the dancer of being with with someone who's really not there, and it's that um, the the agency that the dancers have is is considerable to sort of figure out what they want to do. And some, you know, my mantra right now is I'm, I like everything, and I'll figure out how to use it. It's just <laughs> it makes my life easier, um, and I'm very I can be very I'm very critical. I'm really really critical of my own work, um, but uh, that doesn't help right now it just it doesn't help so that's been my mantra for a while but um so there's a process where dancers uh respond to that and then I watch that and then I would put people together okay we have two people who have like-minded anger in this in this little <laughs> phrase and does that work together or do I want to have a contrast mm-hmm. and where where location where are they doing this are they close to the audience are they far away um so that you know another prompt would be um uh, big, small, a series of, of, you know, a line of, of a score that's big, small, big, big, small, 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 small. And they just mm. respond to that. And that gives you a really, it has no context. It's, but the movement actions and the individual approach to it gives it meaning. So yeah. what's small to someone? What's big to someone? Is it a big travel? And, you know, so that's, there's agency there and sometimes I, I will step in with those and say oh after this small 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 look yeah and so when the company you get this everybody's different but then you get a moment of consensus so finding those moments mm-hmm. where you can add something where there's consensus um and those are set those i ask people to set that so that's not um the show at the river was actually more set than most people realized it mm-hmm. looked repository but it was it was pretty set um uh where you kick the buckets with different, but um, yeah, yeah, and the, and the structure overall has to be set. That's really critical. So within that are little nuggets of structure, and what I mean by that is, you know, how does this dance? What's the shape of this piece? And I don't know that it find the that's that finds me. The shape of the piece has to find me. I have to start to recognize it. So it's not that I go in and say, oh, let's start really quietly or let's start with everybody on stage. It's just like what we would play with these things. And then I'll go, oh, that might be a good beginning. And then where does that, where might that go? So I end up with the, um, I should show you if I can find it. Hold on a second, um, a score. Yeah, I'm really curious. So then I, I, I will end up with the score and then I, uh, and I write them all out. I write everything out on note cards. And so it, it looks like this. Oh yeah. So, and what I'd like about, what I do here is 
and I have like, there's three that go in this lineup. Um, so as I'm working, I note what, what things are, who's, who's where, who's dancing with whom, and what was the prompt for it. And then I play with them in rehearsal and I videotape and then I will, will take those apart and reorganize them. Um, I cannot do it on computer. I have to, I have to be able to, it's gotta be touchable. It's gotta yeah. be a visual yeah. thing that I'm, that I'm messing with. And then I get to a, what I call my schematic. And so I kind of uh, write things down in, a, in an order um, for how I think they, they might work. And then there's a lot of, there's often a lot of adjusting. Um, I've worked very differently sometimes. I've got all these cards and like junk cage, I'll just turn them over. And whatever they turn over is the order of the piece. Ooh, whatever yeah, whatever yeah. order. Um, I always tweak those a little bit, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. But um, that's enough, that's just as exciting to me. Um, yeah. But maybe not as exciting for the dancers. It's just hard. I mean, it's, I, I've had pieces where I, I come to this late because there's a lot of material that has to be made first. And yeah. so <laughs> I've seen them off behind a car going, and they're in the dark so nobody can see them. And they also have agency to talk like when they get close together. Um, right. If we need an organizing uh, thing, but I mean, but within these scores are, within this big score are chunks of mini scores. So mm -hmm. it might be, um, uh, take your big, big, small, and I will have looked at those and I will put them together. So what's beautiful about that score of size yeah. is that you can also make a travel, but then the high contrast. So you have someone that's really huge and someone that's small. And so that's back and forth between people with that score is just, is gorgeous. And it's mm. very simple. Um, and sometimes it's just a, a I, I would like to set things, it's setting things is from these kinds of scores is easier than, um, not easier. It's more adventurous. I, I, when you, I'm outside, I don't have a mirror. So working yeah. for unison is where you have to check that and it's important. I might have somebody who steps on a stone. There's never, I'm not gonna get unison outside. Right, right. And I also don't, I also like to work with dancers who have such individual movement patterns yeah, that I yeah. work with them. That's yeah. also something that's um, full frontal equidistant is not my thing. Right. <laughs> right. You want to see the fullness of their own, their own expression right. and allow them right. to bring all of that too. The and to, uh, to also like to not, to not, the dance can't, should not foreground the space. Yeah. If it's, if you're dancing in front of it and it's about the, the, the movement uh, is the movement choices are, uh, have more priority than anything else, then there's yeah. no reason to be doing it to be in a site. So mm -hmm. uh, one of the first things that we'll, we'll do in a site is just improvise with what you see. And not, sure. not touching, but just you see, what are your forms? What is it circle? Is it lines on that? Is it the parking lot signs? Improvise with that. And um, yeah, mainly not to set it, but to just get an or to orient, orient oneself to where you are and that these things are around you, all of these elements around you, the traffic going by, the motorcycles, the big highway overhead, um, yeah. all of them contribute to, are, are gonna be there and not go away when the audience is there and they are gonna, they will be looking for you, this connection. So it's just really important um, just sort of to have that. So, and yeah. Mm. So, I mean, another prompt would be, uh, which we did in the parking lot that you saw, um, I asked people to, 
pick out someone in the off in the audience and mm -hmm. to get close to that work with that person and not say this, but this moves for you. Mm. So they just walked and this moves for you. And I, I had that, they worked with that improvisationally together and it was so beautiful. Yeah. It was just, it was just so beautiful. And that was, it's that so was up to them. I did not, it did not, they just, I just said, do, do this three times. And then when you get to the next place, um, because they were picking out specific people and they had to look at them and they had to, yeah, they had to make a decision. And, and so seeing decisions is one of my favorite things watching, watching in the moment. Yeah. Watching someone decide. Um, so it's not always reactionary and it's not, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this, that mm -hmm. I know what's next. I really like not knowing what's next. And I, I like the audience, even though there's an understanding in that piece of, 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 uh, schematic and a score i really like, like the audience thinking that i like to put them in that in in that world that that we work in so it's um, sure. yeah so so to to zoom out a bit um you mentioned the would that you'd love to bring the dance festival back talk a little bit more about what you hope for the future of milwaukee's arts and culture um i really hope to have uh, more dance, more African-American companies uh, that are contemporary. Kothi is um, the big company in town and they have been around for, oh my gosh, how many years, 50 years? Um, and they're still going strong and they're wonderful. Um, I wonder, I would love to see more African-American artists um, in different styles like modern style, um, ballet. I know there's some African-American dancers in the, in the ballet company, but they're not choreographers. Mm. So like who, who, what's the story? What I, what I think is really important to understand about um, the different cultures is what we bring forwards from our own, um, from my postmodern background, mm -hmm. uh, the, the story and the narrative that African-Americans are focused uh, have always been focused on Elvin Neely, all of mm. have always been focused on it because because they, it was a form for for. It was the only form where they could tell that story free, freely, I think, um, and not be entertainers. So mm. that transition from the entertainers to serious work um, took to you know per primus and Catherine Dunham, they had to go back to their own cultures to study, to bring that back. And they transformed by using their training in modern dance and their own ideas um, to change the, change what was with the movement patterns. And everybody who's a white dancer <laughs> in this culture uh, is, are using those patterns. We just don't always, we just don't recognize, we don't acknowledge it as, as much as we should. Right. right. So anytime you have a hip off, right. <laughs> it's that's not Western culture. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that for the Kings way back there. Right? So, um, mm -hmm. so I, I hope that there's more, uh, that there are more places for those companies to perform. That's the thing is it's not a, I, I would love for them to be, I would love for there to be neighborhoods, um, cultural locations within neighborhoods yeah. where different classes could be going on but that they would also have a um 
a performing space, not necessarily huge, but a performing space where uh, they could share what they're making. Um, right. And it's it's complicated. Some of these studio spaces are, are not, some of the studio spaces in town are not in, they're small. I can't mm -hmm. incorporate that, but a building that would be specific for that, um, and it doesn't have to be all dance, but that would be designated for, for lots of artists who are living in the area to come and do work there and then to yeah. sort of bridge those to have the have a links between those and so that they're shared resources um that would be that would be really wonderful um i love yeah. that vision let's yeah. uh let's build cultural yeah, little, little cultural centers all around yeah. that's what i think i mean i think we're going to i think we're going to be going to smaller audiences and that's mm -hmm. really hard to survive but it's even harder if you are left out and you know that there's no place for you to work, make right. something. Um, so, right. hmm. Deb, I really appreciate your time today. Um, I'm going to close by asking you if there's if there's something in Milwaukee's arts and culture scene that you want to lift up right now that listeners should go check out. Um, I want to lift up people from the cloud of anger mm. and and resentment and uh, and that this is the difficulty the tension of the of the election which is passed but it's still there's still it's still holding us and i would just i would just love to have something that every, like a ritual that every that somebody does that people do every day that's about i'm gonna take this Hour. I'm going to take this half hour and I'm going to go outside and I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to imagine uh, myself dancing or, or I'm going to dance or I'm going mm -hmm. to re recall my favorite, like you've asked me, my favorite artistic experiences where they really, they're not hunting for something on the computer to like look at and dance companies, et cetera, include all of that. They're not yeah. hunting. And that, that, but they're having their own experience with those ideas um, and those their own memories, because I think that connects can easily connect to, and now what do I do? What's next? What's next? So that mm -hmm. that uplifting for people to think there is a there is a what's next, and I'm going to make it. Yeah, and it's, it's um, and I'm going to share it. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. I'm going to take that advice. I appreciate that. <laughs> And so your company has another, another parking lot dance coming up next week. It's still warm enough. We can still enjoy art outside. Tell us more about how they can attend. Um, this part performance is uh, called Under the Freeway, and it's located at uh, 328 Van Buren, which is an interstate parking lot. And it is underneath the ramp that goes south. Over the, to, to get over the whole, to get to the home bridge from um, 794. Mm. And the concrete columns that support this structure, uh, this highway are just amazing. And they curve around. So there's this, this amazing kind of wonder of engineering of how do you hold up something like that? But it's, you, it's held with massive columns, but they curve and arc in a way that's, that's beautiful, that's graceful. Um, yeah. So what I'm playing with is that, that we, have, uh, we have two performances going out at the same time. And the perspective is always different. And then at a certain point, those end and the, the cars relocate to, a, to the other site. So the cars relocate after 20 minutes. So we have two oh. 20 minute sets. And that's new. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> that's new. That's um, cool. 
but it. people can be in their cars and they watch from their cars and they can be warm and uh, or they can have their windows open. Everybody has to wear a mask if their windows are open. Um, and yeah, and it's uh, the, we have two performances each night, uh, 19th and 20th of November. And each, uh, each night has a performance at seven and then one that's at 8.15. Right. Um, oh, it's yeah, and you should get people should get tickets. Um, they can get them on our website, uh, wildspacedance.org, and um, yeah, it, they go fast. They go fast because we we just have limited. We can only fit twenty four cars in per right. show, so right. it's limited. So, well, I can't wait to go myself. Oh, um, good, good. Well, thank you so much for being with me today, Deb. I was. I'm happy to be here. It was fun talking to you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe by searching Arts Forward MKE on your favorite listening platform or go to imaginemke.org slash podcast. Also be sure to check out our other two podcasts, Imagine This Podcast and Black Imagination, and follow us on social on Facebook as Imagine Space MKE and on Instagram and Twitter as Imagine underscore MKE. Special thanks to musician Kala for the use of his song, I Want You to Be Kind to Yourself, which you're listening to now. Be well, friends. <laughs>